This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, guys. DGS and KMOX 205. Pretty day out there. So uh, Rach is on her way to Japan in fact, she's four hours into her flight and still has 10 hours to go. <laughs> and then when they get there, they have to go through customs and get on another flight an hour and a half. <laughs> Ugh. It's right? A, it's a Ugh. commitment. Yeah. Ugh. Wherever I land in Japan is where I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. I think when I'm I not find, getting on another plane. I think when I find out about the second plane is when I'm like, I'm just staying home. <laughs> yeah. do, do, you guys ever, uh, do you guys ever fly home? On a flight, and you'll be sitting next to somebody from like Cape Girardeau or Springfield, Illinois, and you're getting home at nine thirty at night, and they still have to do that two hour drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's miserable too. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, Michael Kelly's here with us. Uh, I'm Andrew, the role of Rach. do I look good? You do look good. Pretty good. <laughs> Andrew has set up a bunch of uh, our friends to, to sit in while Rach is gone uh, the rest of this week and next week. It was cute watching you two talk sports there. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I know. I mean, see, I've talked sports with so him. I'm trying to talk sports with uh, with wheels here, and every point I'd make, he just would have six points to like <laughs> gut me and tell me that I didn't know. He's fun, you know, isn't in he? a polite way. That wasn't yeah. a gutting. That no. was just friendly conversation. No, it was no. But I mean, you know, here I am. I'm <laughs> trying know to be what all I got macho you, and have like yeah. a man conversation, and I just got like pounded. You, you could have let him keep his dignity. It was yeah. cute. Yeah, it, it was, was cute. cute. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. It was cute. I tried. But I, I, I have a solution to Chicago's problems, but Wheeler has now set me straight. I'm wrong. Well, I wasn't trying to set it straight. It's just like there, there are a lot of interesting questions, right? I mean, they yeah. have a young quarterback that was a high draft pick, and it's not been smooth, and they've had a weird – but he finally showed some signs this year, and that now everybody's got ideas. Like, okay, they have the number one pick from a trade – do you keep this guy? Do you trade him and then draft a guy number one? Take Caleb Williams or, yeah. or Drake May and put him at Derek May and put him in there for you know your starter next year with the rookie. Does your coach have the job security nope. to start a rookie next year? Yeah. Does your GM? Right. You know. Does I mean like this? There are all kinds of That's questions. What he did to me right there. Oh, I'm, <laughs> look. And, and I then, live with the guy. And then you could say, well, why not take the a generational wide receiver number one overall and Marvin Harrison Jr. who's got. A Hall of Fame dad, ridiculous numbers, all the measurables, played in a big-time school, and then draft a quarterback later that can be your developmental guy. I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to go there. See, so I, I am 
I, I love the Chiefs. I'm glad they're on KMOX, but they're not my team. So I'd like a more regional team to, to be good. Chicago, although it is fun that they're bad and to watch Ranji melt down every Sunday on <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Yeah, that's it's like time. my favorite thing yeah. to do on Sundays is watch Ranji melt down. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, so, uh, you know, I would like to see Chicago get it together What do you finally. think of... Um, so Stafford, who of course used to be with the Lions, came back and played yep. there with the Rams, and and he got booed, and evidently uh, his kids were bawling. <sighs> yeah, I mean, this isn't going to go well. No, no, I, I, I'm trying. I've I've had a hard time finding out what exactly what was going on. Like, I don't think they were crying at him being booed. Her, the, his wife Kelly Stafford said that some of the people around them were like booing her and yeah. the kids when they were somehow shown yes. on a screen or something. Yes. That would be terrible. If that's what that you did, that is terrible. That's terrible. Booing the quarterback, that's not terrible. Did he leave on bad terms? No, no, no. And it's not, it wasn't. Well, then shut up, Detroit. Yeah, I agree, by the Why way. Why don't you just be happy for the years he gave you? I would never boo Matthew Stafford personally. He is my favorite quarterback that I've ever watched as a fan. Uh, I would never boo that man. They were, I don't think that was the point. The point was, you're not booing with us kids. anymore. We're booing you because we used to love you, but now we want you to lose. And I wouldn't do it personally. I think it's stupid. Yeah. But that's a different thing than booing at a bunch of girls and a guy's wife. That's one good thing about uh, St. Louis. I remember being at the game that Ken Griffey Jr. hit his 500th home run. And uh, the St. Louis Cardinals fans <clears throat> gave him a standing ovation. Yeah. And I yeah. literally teared up. I'm like, this is so cool. Yep. Right. This is a St. Louis the St. Louis gets. I would agree, and but I, I guarantee you there are circumstances that would change that depending on a circ I mean, based on how it how it could go. I mean, if if you were looking at He's a, doing it again, no, no, I, I, I think <laughs> I mean we've seen it, we've seen it happen. I, I can promise you that every city has those moments where the the people in the stadium are an embarrassment to the city. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make him a costume out of leotards and a cape. And he's going to be the contrarian. Yes. That's his <laughs> superhero. That's his, that's his I mean, heel. I'm, everything you say, he just argues the counterpoint. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know that I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> it is really rough when someone calls you a contrarian because you have no you can't, choice. You can't, you can't disagree. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't think so. You have no choice but to be like, uh-huh, yes, I am. Oh, speaking of, uh, well, it's not speaking of anything we're talking about. I guess St. Louis a little bit. Uh, yesterday on the show, I said that the same uh, piece of car which seems to be the entire oh. undercarriage of the front, yeah, had been on the entrance uh, ramp to Highway 40 uh-huh. from from uh, Market. And last night was night three, and there it is. Oh, my God. Way to go, St. Louis. And look at it. It's like out on. I mean, it's, it's in the lane. It's there right now. Yeah, somebody yeah. somebody oh, yeah. is going to hit it if they haven't already. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't see, um, and this is more of a Missouri thing to me than it is uh, just a St. Louis thing. I don't see the trash on the highways in other states the no. way I do in Missouri. Oh, dude, 70s, brutal. Like, I mean, there was a couch out there for a while. There's, I mean, just the the shoulder. 70s and other planets. If, you, if yeah. you ever have to, like, slide over onto the shoulder to avoid somebody, you are hitting something. Right. I guarantee you're hitting something because it's there. But, but it's it's not only here in the city. I mean, you get out on Highway 70 going towards Columbia. It's, it's I mean, it's like people just have decided that these are dumping grounds. and And it's like we're not spending money cleaning stuff up. Somehow, though, 40's better. Yeah. 
I don't know that it's it's perfect. Like when you get downtown, it's not much better. Right. There's still stuff on the shoulders and sides. But like where where you're pointing that at that Dave, that I mean that on an on a highway entrance, that is a terrible thing to have. Mm-hmm. Is any kind of obstruction that's going to mess up, mess with merging and you think it'd you know, be the rush first hour thing traffic. That they would remove is a giant piece of a car on a one lane entrance lamp <laughs> ramp. It's funny. You could just stop at giant piece of a car. Like, that should be removed. (laughs) (laughs) I saw this quote today, and I I thought it was great. I wanted to run it by you guys. It says, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. Man, amen. Interesting, Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Who won't adapt. Yeah. Who cannot take in new information and change their mind. Yeah. And that's not a, it's not a political thing because it's people on both sides of the aisle. Right. Just refuse to take in new information, and if it does squeak in somehow, they'll find a way to dismiss it. Oh, it, it's fascinating, isn't it? Like real information, like measurable, tangible things, just don't matter to well. Look at certain uh, types of people. Roger Stone, yeah, uh, caught on tape, like twenty twenty or something like that, before mm-hmm. the big AI hit, and. Uh, Basically telling an associate they need to hire a hitman to kill Congress people. And then when he is confronted with it, he says it's AI. Well, we'll all be able to do that. Right. Well, that started with the fake news thing, right? That's basically what everybody does now when they get information contradictory. And and again, I shouldn't say everybody. What that type of mind does, regardless of political ideology, is immediately brand it as fake news. That's not real. You got that from a compromised source that I don't trust because they don't trust any source that's not already in that little universe. The most uh, frustrating thing is how effective it's been. Yeah. You know, first couple times someone says that, you're like, shut up. And then after a few years of people just that's that's a go to now. Mm hmm. It's this whole prism that you're able to view the world through. I mean, uh, and the algorithms feed it. Um, But you have to like if you want to. At least in my social media, obviously mine's most less of center, uh, and that's where I get 99% of my uh, information. But the algorithm, you have to really work hard to find stuff out of your own thought process because the, the, the algorithm is pushing stuff to you. Um, and I don't know how we get to, to real facts anymore. And we all live in different worlds when it comes to understanding what the facts are. Should be – this should be taught in school like – Critical thinking, understanding mm. how to fact check, mm. understanding I agree. Mm-hmm. like wh- what is a legitimate source of information and what is not. Think I mean, about the fight that would be though. I oh gosh, yeah. I I know, but like that's when I see anything on social media, doesn't matter whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. If it seems like a big deal, my first question is always, is that even true? Do you think though right. that the the internet generation, which I, I know millennials are. Very tech savvy, but I always think Gen Z. Do you think that they would not need to be taught because they get it? it it's their world. It's it's the the pond they swim in. Or do you think that they hmm. would get it less than anyone because That's they've never question. known anything other than that? That's a great question because the people in power now are the ones that did not come up right. that way. And what a I, difference. The yeah. people running the show now are people who may be very tech savvy, but if you are, you had to educate yourself because we didn't grow up with it. Right. And they are governing and employing people who have never not had a phone in their hands with access to the compendium of human knowledge. 
Oh, you just word, used a word that I don't even think I could spell. <laughs> Compendium? <laughs> wow. Um, I Yeah, I think that's right. But I'm less concerned about the young people being able to decipher it than people my age or older. I mean, I, the joke is, right, remember when your parents couldn't uh, program the VCR? And right. They all had right. to do that. I find myself that way these days. You're like, oh, my gosh, i got to put a new email address on my phone. I have to go to somebody younger. Um, and so, therefore, if you don't, as an older person, and uh, middle-aged, but in, in older, if you don't know how to break down those tech barriers, you're only going to consume what's th- what's being sent to you. Speaking of Gen Z, I've been seeing things where uh, they're influencers, financial influencers. And it's a fascinating concept because I grew up, uh, my dad, Jack Glover, born in 1927, 26, World War II at 17 years old, came out, Union Carpenter, carried a lunchbox, built scaffolds every day, uh, retired when he could and went on you know, Social Security, the whole bit. I'm a lot like him uh, as far as the work ethic. And Nick's a lot like me, like uh-huh. you, you employ Nick. Uh, and these Gen Z influencers are saying, hey, look, our parents and our grandparents were sold a gigantic propaganda lie. And that is that you should work until you're 65 when you only live to be 78. And uh, that is stupid. That's crap. They they were just bots. And so what we need to do is make a killing, save your money, and shoot to retire as early as you can. Shoot for 45. Because you don't owe anyone anything. And it's not their time. It's your time. Work, work ethic is a lie. It's all about you. Enjoy your life. It's so different than what I was taught. Totally. Totally different. But I appreciate the argument. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Parts of it. I do too. And I'm open to it. Like, okay, I'm I'm listening. But at the same time, I'm I'm okay if people are embracing that lifestyle because I'll go out and outwork you. And by outworking you, I'll I'll I'll, you know if, if you know people have that mindset, you can go out and out hustle them. But I do appreciate it because sometimes, I mean. It's almost like we wear it as a badge of honor. Oh yeah, I was at the office till nine thirty last night, and we do. We got a meeting at six a.m. I mean, our our work lives define us in America, and yeah. I, my, that has not been my experience when I travel. Right. People, it's not right. like what mm-hmm. do you do? It's more where do you live? Tell me about your family. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating too because our parents specifically, and we to a degree. We grew up when the management labor relationship was more a two way street. What they see is that gap between management and ownership of a business. And I don't mean like mom and pop business. I'm talking about the big companies where it used to be like you're talking about, Dave, the big company, go get your job, good pay, good benefits, pension, all that stuff. Well, that most of that doesn't exist in the way that it did then. You know what we, we they, so if you're Gen Z, you don't even know what that looks like. What you know is Elon Musk. What you know are this billionaire class that squeeze the workers for everything yeah. and yet, you know, become the richest men in the world. They know Jeff Bezos. Interesting. Uh, so, again, my, uh, my son, Nick, who just turned 29, works with Michael. Yep, we work together. And you guys work with uh, a lot of unions. We work and with, and I yep. told Nick, hey, if you ever get tired of Kelly, go join a union. <laughs> go become a craftsman. Go be a welder, electrician right. or something. It's a great job. Blah, 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 blah. And I just saw another thing last night where, like, a 28-year-old electrician, union electrician goes, this is awful. He goes, I do the same job every day, and I work with guys who are, like, in their late 50s, and they're still doing it. Kind of the same vibe, right? 
I'm going to do the same thing every day for 30 years. I'm like, well, that's kind of what everyone does. Yeah. Well, and it's great because there's a focus now on work uh, being dignity, you know, and we all work for a living and and being dignified in what we do. I think it's awesome that people are starting to embrace swinging hammers and stuff again, and we're making it a career. I agree. Not something we mm-hmm. look down on, because the reality is, is the people who are getting the skill set to be a carpenter or a laborer or a pipe fitter, you pick it, they're doing more school than most of you people going and getting those four-year mm-hmm. college degrees. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The hell song you playing? It's uh, even the losers, but it starts. I forgot it starts in that like uh, weird way. Oh, yeah, you scared me. That's my bad. Michael <laughs> Kelly is here. We have a friend sitting in for Rage, who's on her way to Japan. Um, on the other side, I want to talk about the college thing. We're having a really interesting conversation there, but we only have a couple of minutes. Let me tell you about one of the dumbest things people are doing now. Uh, have you been to your uh, class reunion? Sure. Okay. Just went my 30th. And uh, what people are doing for like their 10th or 20th is they are hiring people who look like them, but they're hotter. <laughs> and sending them to the reunion. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? What is? What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, wheels. Who are, you, who are we going to get? get? I'd have to get Clooney to go for me. Who <laughs> yeah. would you get? <laughs> I don't know. The kid that uh, <laughs> Ralphie beat up on Christmas. <laughs> Scott Farkas. Yeah, Scott Farkas. It's either him or the heat miser. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to send Grimace. He might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, is he available? Could he? Could he help me out with something? <laughs> the guy walks in in a grimace after you're like, Andrew. Wow, Andrew looks great. <laughs> he really grew into it. I don't say I don't say many good things about Trump, but I will give the man credit for bringing Casey's Pizza to the firefighters. Did you see that? No. He stopped by a Casey's Pizza and got a bunch of pizzas. And and I'm like, okay, okay, Casey's. Have you had it? Oh, oh it's there's incredible. one. There's one right down the street from my mom in South Roxana. It's good stuff. Oh, it's, it's good really stuff. good stuff. 
You should bring us one tomorrow. I will. Gas station. I'm happy to. Michael Kelly sitting in with us. So going back uh, a segment, we were talking about college and on a break. Michael, you were saying something really uh, stuck with me. And you were saying that when you were in college, well, first of all, we are all saying, because none of this majored in anything <laughs> real. real. Right, yeah. No. And I was saying that Phoebe's in this program where she can go into law school uh, but if she doesn't, she won't learn anything <laughs> and because I'm seeing the classes she's taking. And then Michael said, like, well, I didn't learn, learn anything. Did you learn anything? And I'm like, well, you're right. I didn't. Although this is where I didn't want. This is not where I wanted to go, but I'm going to go here anyway. I could be wrong about that because I remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I can talk. I know some statistics. Like, maybe I did learn more than I felt like I did. Fact. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think you learn some life skills and you learn, you know, statistics and various things like that. But at the end of the day, the only teacher that really works is actually doing it. And you were talking and about the fact that you were doing it. in my situation, I was volunteering and I had been involved in politics my whole life. So it was interesting to be there learning about campaigns from people who had never done it. Uh, now, they, they knew the theory and they, they've written textbooks on it and stuff, but they've never been out there knocking doors, never put together a campaign plan, et cetera. That was my experience. And I, that's not knocking the education I got. I, yeah. I got a fine education. Uh, but it, it well, the, the day-to-day tasks that I do on a daily basis, I'm sure the same thing for you guys as well, you have to do it. Yeah. You, you, you have to go and experience it. But I, I am grateful for the life skills I picked up. I uh I had a really interesting thing happen to me in college where I was taking a marketing class, uh-huh. a pretty big class, a lot, of, a lot of students, and we did a project, and they brought in a guy from Darcy, the old marketing shop, to judge it. And so we had to sell bicycles. You had to sell 10 speeds, and you needed an ad. Well, back then, a million years ago, was when Imelda Marcos was caught, but she had like 20,000 pairs of shoes. Yeah, yeah. So I put together this ad. Uh, with Imelda Marco surrounded by an infinite number of tens of beads. <clears throat> and she says, why pick just one? So the guy judging it called me over and he goes, I'm going to tell you something. He goes, this is really good. He goes, I have a group of creatives back at Darcy. We call it the monkey cage. And I just let them go. And they do stuff like this. He said, you call me when you graduate because this is really good. Then he looks around, checking for the professor, and he goes, You'll never learn anything in this class <laughs> that can teach. He said, you can't teach people how to do this. You can learn how to manage people. But creatives are creatives, and math people are math people, and there's nothing your professor can do to make you one if you're not. And I was like 18, but I still remember that, and it's so true. Yeah. I always tell people, I mean, you know, in politics, politics is sexy, right? So people think everything's like the West Wing, and it's far from that, meaning the, the TV show, the West Wing. And so these young people with educations beyond belief, the, the schools that, you you know, we all would want to go to, Harvard, Yale, blah, 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 would come in for jobs. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? And, and what I realized is I don't really, with the exception of probably being a doctor, a lawyer where you have to know – some specific stuff, a chemist, you know, those type of real technical stuff. I think the two most important skills that people have to have, and if you have them, you will be successful, is can you get people to like you and can you get people to trust you? 
And if you can do those two things, you're going to be able to pretty much do everything else. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, like so many other things, though, we haven't we haven't adapted, right? It made sense for college to be a well-rounded education, right? Learn some literature, learn some history while you're also getting your broadcast journalism degree or whatever. But that all changes when you put the math in place with how much it costs to go to school. You know, it wasn't that long ago you could go for four years for the cost of what it is one semester now. And the cost of education has grown way faster than inflation, way faster than the costs of anything else. So is it worth it now? Like what I, I, we, we spent a lot of money for me to go to college. I mean, it was not cheap to go to Miami even back in the, in the early 90s. And I really benefited from the experience. I benefited from being in a spot where as somebody that wanted to work in sports and sports journalism, I was on a baseball team that was really good. I'm learning about the world there. I was covering a football team that was elite, and I'm learning about that world there. I wouldn't trade it. But I know so many people that didn't get that. It wasn't relevant to what they ended up doing. I could have easily graduated college in two years if I only had to do the things that were relevant for what I was there for. If, if I was that were relevant to the career that I was pursuing, I could have graduated in two years without question. I could have graduated a semester early as it was if they didn't hold one class back that would only be second semester. They wouldn't hold that one in the first semester. They want because if you had if you could leave early, well, that's less money for them. You know, you graduate in December, that's six months that they aren't getting your money. And I think that's the thing that hasn't adapted is Old days, well-rounded was great for a good cost, but it's too expensive for that now. Right? Right. I mean, what used to cost $5,000 for four years <clears throat> is now $5,000 just for your room and board for a year. But, you know, it's oh, like that's low. We, I shouldn't even say that. It's ten to 15000 for right. room and board. It's, it's too bad we couldn't reverse the parenting styles because when I was graduating high school, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, my mom and dad wouldn't even fill out the forms for me to get student loans because my dad was very anti-government. He's like, oh, government doesn't need to know what I make. Government doesn't need this. Government doesn't need that. And I'm like, Dad, I can't go to college. Uh, I don't have any money. So I'm willing to take out loans. He said no. And so that's when I got my athletic scholarship. Otherwise, I wasn't going, I wasn't going to go to college. Um, but my point is that my generation of parents – are like, oh, where do you want to go? Ole Miss? How much is it? 60000 Okay, let's do it. And let's buy a condo there because it's expensive to stay in hotels. We're, we're schmucks. Like, I, my generation needs to be more like my dad and be like, hold on a second. How much is this? It's $70,000 a year. Yeah, no. Right. Not going to happen because it's stupid and because one of us is never going to reap the benefits of that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's the colleges know that we're pansies and we're going to say yes to anything our kids need. And then the big thing, and I'm not smart enough to understand this, but I read an article and it made sense to me that the biggest problem is student loans, that student loans are the jet fuel of college tuition. Absolutely. That it's guaranteed by the government. Everyone qualifies. Yep. You can get it. Once Sally Mae, Fannie Mae, yes. and all that existed. Yep. Yes. However, That's when the cost shot up. If mm -hmm. they were to make it where the colleges are responsible for it, instead of the federal government guaranteeing it, yeah. things would change. Yeah. Right. You know, they're not paying. It's not like they're paying the salaries of the educators on campus more relative to what it used to be. Right. I'm sure it's gone up with the cost of inflation. 
I don't think their salary or their pay has gone up w- along with the the rate the rate that tuition has gone up. No, you know, yeah, they're building new buildings, but why are they doing that? They're doing that so they can make more money in the future because new buildings and dorms and cool restaurants on campus. That's what makes kids want to go there. And let's be honest, the universities are recession proof, right? Think about when we went through the crisis in two thousand eight and the one before that. They're like hey, Washington University, St. Louis University. They've been building solid for 30 years. Yeah. You haven't seen that in the private sector. Huh, no. All the big it's schools always have. always the universities. And it's not exclusive to no, those schools. If it's you throughout could, the country. In, if yeah. you, and maybe you can't, but if you could invest in the business of college. Yeah. Yeah. The big, the big schools have billions of dollars each in their endowments. But, but I mean, like you just got that money sitting there for, for basically for the purpose of building it so that kids in the future will want to go there. uh, Like KU, where Phoebe goes. KU is a fine school, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, I get it. But it's 30 grand, 28 to 30 grand for out of state. It's another 13, 15 for room and board. Yep, yep. And then if if they join a sorority, there's another 10 to 15. That's... Throw in travel. That's a ton that's of insane. money. Yeah. And, and that's a state school. As an employer, which we've which you've been, what does it say to you other than okay, he jumped through those hoops? Yeah, uh, yeah he went to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it does not impress me when yeah. people want. You know, you can go mm-hmm. to Harvard. Okay, great. Well, well done. Can you do this? <laughs> Let's uh, talk to Steve here. Steve calling in from St. Charles. Hey, Steve. Thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I I'm 68. So I was my college was years ago, but um, I had a double major, accounting and computer science, and I had classes there. That gave me technical knowledge, but I probably could have learned most of that by reading the book. But the one class that I took that actually taught me that something that I that I used throughout my career was a class called business correspondence and reports, and it taught me how to effectively communicate. That's had that's given me more value out of college than anything else. Yeah, yeah. That, like that story I told about the Darcy guy saying my what I had done was good <laughs> gave me more confidence than anything else that ever happened in college. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's weird because I sit here and I crap on this college system, but I look back and I see all the things that I benefited from. Like the experiences, I, and I had, you know, in my program, I had good professors that had practical field experience, and I learned a lot. And but I think is I can name on one hand the classes that really impacted what my career was. Well, you know, again, I'm famous for being the only person the broadcast center ever said no to. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> but if I were to go to SIU or SLU or something uh, and and teach a radio class, I certainly have the resume for it. Yeah. 24 years, you know, but I guarantee you if I watched a class, I'd be in the back going, no, this isn't how it that's works. not. No. Well, it's also interesting to try to figure out the process because that is something that I would like to do at some point is teach at that level. Maybe when I retire or whatever, well, what's the requirement? Am I going to need a certain kind of degree or will my 25, 30 years of being on the ground mm-hmm. in the biz- in the field of communication matter more than. Well, you got a master's degree in communications back in 1988. It should, and as as a a, a student, I would rather have the experience from a Kevin Wheeler of 30 years than you're going to learn from a professor who's sat in a classroom for 30 years. Two fifty one DGS. Yeah, you're right, Andrew. We're just talking about the differences in generations and. 
Uh, I won't go through the whole boring story again, but I presented my mom and dad with something I really wanted to do about halfway through college. And my dad made a really snarky remark from behind the Alton Telegraph. <laughs> and uh, that was it. I just gave up on my dream back then, which I'm glad I didn't do. But, you know, and uh, Andrew pointed out that when Nick was about halfway through Mizzou, I tried to talk him into dropping out of college <laughs> and moving to uh, Chicago to try stand up. And I told I told him if you drop out of Mizzou, I will pay for your whole life in Chicago for three years. You try stand up, try to get into Second City, try to get on SNL. I think you're talented enough. I think you're funny enough. And uh, he thought about it, and he said, "Nah, I think I'm gonna stay in college." I'm like, "Fine, throw your life away. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted on a degree." <laughs> what? How would you have reacted had he come in and said, "I want to get involved in radio"? I bet you'd have fought him and said, "You know what? You can do better than that." Because I find, in my experience is most times when people go in and tell their mom or they dad, I want to do what you're steps. doing, yeah. it's different now than it was when I got into it, son. Well, yeah. as, as you know, Nick's so much smarter and more mature than me. And when I told him that, his answer was, he said, you know, I've thought about it, but he said, I've watched you and lightning struck for you. He said, I don't think lightning's going to strike twice. Right. That's a really smart, reasonable, mature thing to think. Right. Right? Well, and you usually would be the one telling him yes, that. Yes. Hey, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, I, I got lucky here. Exactly. And blah, blah, blah. You know, it's interesting because that was the, my, uh, my, with me and my dad, the opposite was true. My dad was the guy that was the grinder, worked multiple jobs, worked long hours, and he pushed me to be the dreamer. To take the long shot, you know, to try to be a baseball player. To he didn't, he wasn't sure about the whole broadcasting thing at first, but then realized, okay, that's all right. You can you can you're pretty good at that. You can do that. But it was it was weird that it's kind of the opposite. It's mm-hmm. almost like I, I don't not almost I know he wishes that he had taken one of those risky things, you know, that fun thing that you know that that kind of thing. But he didn't really have a chance. Right. Got out of the army, had a kid, and had to work. Yeah. That's what he did. Did you work in the auto industry up there? No, no. He ended up working at UPS, but before that, you know, union guy right. for a while, things like that. What else did you almost do? Um, I kind of knew I always wanted to do politics. Uh, I wanted to get into business. I wanted to own a, a casket company. I always thought, you know, that's a business. You oh know, like, you can just never going out of business. Are you serious? Everybody's dying to get into it, you know? Like, <laughs> wow. Everybody's got to do it. Um, and I got enamored with that for a while. Um, and then I wanted to run for office. <laughs> the casket and, business. Yeah, my dad was like, you don't want to run for office. Uh, and then I wanted to be in the labor movement. He's like, it worked for me. It probably wouldn't work for you. And so I was just like, I always kind of knew I'd be involved politics. Yeah. So now that you've done it all these years, if you, if someone came to you and said, we think you can be the next editor. And and you really could win. Would you do it, or is it so dirty now that you? Oh, I would do it. Who wouldn't? Uh, who wouldn't? If you if you knew that you were going to get it, and uh, I would totally do it. But it's not something I would be able to put myself through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it from the inside. It takes a special breed. It takes a special bit of narciss- narcissism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you have to get away with you get get rid of any shame you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dirty secret about politics, with the exception of Donald Trump and those kind of people, your whole life is on the phone begging people for money. Mm-hmm. That is what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that. I have a hard time, you know, letting somebody pay for their lunch, much less asking them for ten thousand dollars. Give yeah. me a break. How about you, Wheels? What's that? Anything Dep- else you almost did? No. 
No, the only other thing I was gonna do, other than what, like once I Casket graduated, sales. was uh, yeah, was <laughs> was either radio or like radio TV broadcasting or coaching. It was that was gonna be. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 